Before we begin, I would like to let the committee and everyone watching at home that parental discretion is advised. This, this is evidence uh, Mr. Of, of Hunter Biden Mr. making sex, excuse me, this is my I'm time, becoming, making um, pornography. Should we be displaying this, Mr. Chairman? They're teaching how black people developed skills during slavery in some instances that could be applied for their own personal benefit. Motherfucker, are you out of your damn mind? Country singer Jason Aldean has just released a new song called Try That In A Small Town that has gone viral because essentially the lyrics make it sound like it's an anthem for lynch mobs. Ladies, this is what makes you the most human you can be is that you go to the gynecologist. That's female power. A fem female power is Barbie goes to gynecologist. Well, I don't think it's true. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. You're listening to Facts and Friends. Welcome to this first annual Congressional Bring Your Porn to Work episode of the Facts and Friends podcast. I didn't do the homework, <laughs> apparently. I'm sure you're a quick study. <laughs> my name is Tino, and joining me as always is my friend and co-host. Most of you know him as Marjorie Taylor Greene's poster design guy, but I know him as Judson. Hello, Judson. Hi, hi Tino. Have I been, like, offline for the last week? Did I miss all the stories <laughs> you're referencing? I guess you did. Well, well, that'll be fun for me then. Was it also your idea to feature a Nazi symbol at the end of DeSantis's latest campaign video? It was not my idea. No, I, I definitely cannot take credit for that one. Okay. Though I hear it was an inside job. So originally, when we were going to record this episode two weeks ago, it had a totally different intro. I I introed the show by welcoming everyone to an episode of the hit Netflix series, Is It Coke? <laughs> I, I was the host, Tino, and before me were going to be six different baggies of white powder we found in six different locations, and here to tell us which one was Coke is going to be you, Judson. And the trick was the, the joke was that they were all coke right <laughs> just like is it cake i don't know if you've seen it but <laughs> I've, I've seen it as a cake my kids love is a cake it's glaringly apparent which one is coke and i feel like it's glaringly apparent which one is cake most of the time i do not agree with that statement at all apart from the final challenge for that largest chunk of change it's almost always this season's been different than last season too though so it's easier to tell which one is cake this season i think yes it is they've made some changes to the format that we're getting out we're getting into the oh, weeds we, here we are, we are. <laughs> well i haven't seen right-wing assholes get this crazy over coke since like every single episode of don jr's podcast that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch his show or podcast, whatever he's got. What's it called? Triggered? Is that, is that him? I think so. Yeah. Well, we've been away for a couple of weeks due to... Insert some embarrassingly flimsy excuse no one is going to believe anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's all, all of our excuses. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I don't know, but he ain't wrong. Wait, have I used the, uh, my dogs really wanted to go to Cancun one yet? Yeah. Season one, I think. It's more of a winter excuse anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well... For good reasons or not, we've been away for a bit, which means the Republicans have produced oceans of shitty news to process. In this episode of Facts and Friends, we'll take a closer look at Marjorie Taylor Greene's dick pics. We'll learn about the wonderful benefits of slavery. Ron DeSantis and his friends are now requiring be taught to your kids. We'll try a bunch of things in a small town despite being warned under threat of violence that we should not. Later <laughs> on... <laughs> Later on, we'll catch up on the 2024 presidential election by checking in on two of the right's favorite candidates, Donald Trump and RFK Jr. And, 
and we'll close out the show with a review of Ben Shapiro's review of the new Barbie movie. That's just a lot of stuff right there. That's a lot of stuff. I, and I realized now that I did recognize, I do, I do understand the Marjorie Taylor Greene poster thing okay, now. Okay, good. But when you say Marjorie Taylor Greene's dick pics, my mind conjures other <laughs> things. So... I guess That's why I wrote it that way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before we get to the news, Judson, one of the things we've been working on during our late season three breaks is video content for our YouTube channel. Now, I don't know if folks know this, but we do release all of our podcasts in quote unquote video form. It's really just the audio with a, a background in a waveform, right? It's nothing all that exciting, but it it's is amazing. There don't let them tell you otherwise. Well, we made a pretty funny video version recently of our Little Mermaid song parody about the right losing their shit over the tiniest things humans do to make the world a better place for each other. It's called Clutch your pearls you've heard it if you listen to the show yes yep. but the video is its own experience and um, i recommend you check it out over on the facts and friends youtube channel obviously smash that like button <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. Subscribe to the, the channel. Bell. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, Justin, we did get a few very strong reactions to the Clutch of Pearls video. But for one, I can't imagine why. <laughs> my dogs hated it. <laughs> I played it once while the reliably potty trained Diego was in the room. And he immediately took three shits in the guest bedroom. And and, and, and this is nuts. When I told a mutual friend of ours about Diego's response, he said his wife had the exact same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> but more warranted. I mean, well, we do want to put up more short form content on YouTube to complement the show. So look for that in coming months. Uh, rumor has it. You've been working with AI to design costumes for a video version of our hit game. The master right winger. Maybe <laughs> I've never gotten so many warnings that my prompts for the AI image gen generator might be against the generators rules. <laughs> and I already got a lot of them. I mean, how often are you prompting it for nudes? I guess is my question. Never. Okay. Unlike Marjorie Taylor Greene. So let's get to the news. I mean, the news. <laughs> Either way works. Okay. Justin, this past December in our War on Christmas 2022 special, just before we started season three, we were visited by three ghosts. I don't know if you remember. I, I do recall. One of which was the ghost of War on Christmas yet to come. Well, that ghost didn't actually show up. It was Lindsey Graham looking to party. But <laughs> <laughs> I believe he asked us for a key bump. Uh, but we... <laughs> We did make some <laughs> predictions about the 118th Congress. You have to have a key bump before the orgy, right? That's the rule. That's what Madison told us. <laughs> so we made some predictions about the 118th Congress, which we lovingly came to refer to as the Dunning-Kruger-McCarthy House. I don't think lovingly, but go on. <laughs> One of those predictions was this. We're really excited to cover the Dunning-Kruger 118th Congress. These idiots are going to tackle all the things that they said Americans care about during the midterms, like inflation, gas prices, the economy, <laughs> the war in Ukraine. Yeah, right. Sure. Sure they are. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is going to be two years of Hunter Biden's cock. <laughs> they're just going to ride that thing hard for as long as they're in power. Phrasing. And Sorry, <laughs> but they are obsessed with this cock. They are. It's free speech to be able to see Hunter Biden's cock. That's what it is. It's not. It's not. Well, Judson, while they're doing that, we're going to be watching you and me. We're going to watch them ride Hunter Biden's cock for the next two years. Are we? Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> Judson, it's either that or the Madison Cawthorn dry humping video. <laughs> Damn it. You choose. It's like Sophie's choice, but like, what's the opposite of Sophie's choice? I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like I should have ended that clip about 30 seconds earlier than I did. 
<laughs> well, anyway, we weren't wrong, Judson. No, no, we were pretty spot on, actually. Last week, after creating some unexpected turnover at a DC area Kinko's, MTG... <laughs> MTG brought some blown up dick pics to Congress. Can you imagine being the intern that had to go make those copies? Oh, God. <laughs> well, clinging to the last shreds of decency in the people's house, some Democrats objected. This, this is evidence uh, of, of Hunter Biden Chairman, making sex. Hey, excuse me, this is my time. Making of, pornography. Should we be displaying this, Mr. Chairman? Okay. I almost don't want to dignify Green's ridiculous excuse to show those photos with any kind of explanation, but her contention is that because Hunter Biden's law firm paid for the flight of this paralegal to meet him in another state, and then they subsequently had sex, that Hunter Biden violated the Mann Act, the sex trafficking law. <laughs> That's her logic. But wouldn't that mean if any person paid for their friend's flight to visit them, and they subsequently got it on, that the person who flew would be considered a prostitute? Are you trying to make me think about Clarence Thomas having sex? Is that what you're trying to do right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. Why did your mind go there? Because his friend buys him flights everywhere. Harlan <laughs> oh, Crow is the biggest engager in sex trafficking. You think he's banging Harlan Crow? I mean, Clarence Thomas is definitely a prostitute. <laughs> so it wasn't bad enough to present these images in a U.S. House of Representatives committee hearing. MTG also sent them to thousands of people when she emailed a Twitter link to the video of her X-rated presentation to her newsletter mailing list. This prompted some to suggest that she might have distributed pornographic material to minors. Your thoughts, Judson? I think it was a terrible thing she did and stupid and just the kind of performative nonsense that has no place in Congress, a public discourse anywhere, but let alone right next door to the most deliberative body in the country or the world. I don't think that the people pushing for the distributed pornography to minors thing is really going to hold up, but I think she violated several actual laws that are pretty demonstrable. So here's a question for you, Judson. Are Marjorie Taylor Greene and those like her, are they the future of the Republican Party? Are, like, are you going to need to be an uneducated, trash <laughs> bigoted mega moron to even get elected to the House of Representatives in most red districts. I saw a, a really scary tweet today actually. It was a, in reference to the DeSantis thing we're going to cover a bit in a bit I think. But th the crux of it is that the nuts and bolts, the day-to-day -day workings of the GOP are not handled by the Marjorie Taylor Greens or the Lauren Boberts or the Lindsey Grahams or anybody like that. It's handled by the staffers and the interns. And so the bullshit stuff that we see churned out is done through their work. It may be, you know, the figurehead is going to be like the MTG folks, but the day-to-day the -day grind is handled by these up-and-comers in the party who are working on her staff. So there are more worse people coming. There are more worse people just waiting in the wings, salivating to take over. I mean, right now, most representatives on the Republican side, they just have to pander to those crazy people. But it sounds like in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, they'll be them. Yeah, exactly. That's terrifying. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> in happier news... Wait, what's the transition? <laughs> Let's talk slavery, Judson. Shit. <laughs> Can I take that back? No, no, no. It's a good thing now. Well, uh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Well, <laughs> at least according to the Board of Education in the state of... Not really sure I need to look this up, but... 
<laughs> yep, it's Florida. Yeah, it's Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So the Florida Board of Indoctrination approved new standards <laughs> for their history curriculum last week, Judson. Two requirements in those standards really stood out to people with any real understanding of the history of slavery and racism in the United States. The main objections are to two requirements. One is for middle schoolers, the other for high schoolers. The middle school rule is the one about the so-called benefits of slavery. Right. This is the one you could not believe was real when I when I tweeted it in the Discord. What did I say? I was like, this isn't real, right? This- <laughs> He's like, this can't be real. And I'm like, uh. why can't it be? <laughs> it's fucking Florida, man. <laughs> because it's, it's that's worse than anything I imagine that they would try to do. Yeah, yeah. It requires middle school <laughs> students to be instructed that, quote, slaves develop skills which, in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. Close quote. Oh, God. Now, Ron DeSantis, Florida governor, and the guy who used this idiom unprompted in an interview with Jake Topper. Well, I don't think it's true. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. Oh, Ronnie. Hmm. He made a pudding reference. He's mm-hmm. known as Ronnie Pudding Hands. Why would you do that, man? Why? why, why? I, normally, I would tell him to stick to his day job, but he's not good at that either. Oh, I thought you were going to tell him to stick three fingers into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling Ron DeSantis to stick three fingers anywhere. <laughs> Anyway, DeSantis claimed the reaction was overblown and that the left was deliberately mischaracterizing the rule on teaching slavery. Now, I'm going to read it again, Judson, word for word. All right. Oh, good. Listen closely. Slaves develop skills which, in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. All right. There it is, Judson. So please tell me how claiming the new curriculum wrongly, deliberately and deplorably attempts to whitewash the history of slavery in the United States is in any way a mischaracterization. Uh, please, take your time. No, I, I, I don't have a response. Line? Line? Don't, don't worry, <laughs> Judson. Jesse Waters has your back. Oh, God. Here, here he is telling us how the left is making it all up. No one is arguing slaves benefited from slavery. No one is saying that. It's not true. They're teaching how black people developed skills during slavery in some instances that could be applied for their own personal benefit. Okay, on second thought, maybe you should keep trying. What the fuck? Let's go over what he said. No one is saying slaves benefited from slavery. They're only saying slaves benefited from slavery. That's what he said. He he literally uses the word benefit. (laughs) Yes, they develop skills. How do they develop these skills? How are they taught these skills? And I can't even engage in it. It's it's the most intellectually dishonest bullshit they could have come up with. It's bullshit it, from start to finish. It's bullshit. Slaves did not did not gain skills. They were enslaved. Right. Their personal benefit didn't exist. If you terribly abuse and oppress a person, and they happen to learn something while being abused and oppressed, who gives a shit? You fucking abused and tortured the person. We don't need a silver lining here. It's like if <laughs> I'm torturing you in some dungeon somewhere for years, and I've thought about doing that. Uh, but sure, well, who, let's, who say, let's, right? say, let's say I also teach you how to play the ukulele. You're not going to come out of my torture dungeon thrilled you have a <laughs> shot at ukulele stardom, right? It's the worst installment of Saw ever. <laughs> in fact, it would be so unfucking believably offensive for me to even mention a ukulele when the real story is I was brutally torturing you for years. Yes, yes, I would be very offended. Although very good at the ukulele now, apparently. And for those of you who hate that analogy, you should have seen the first draft. <laughs> we went through several <laughs> revisions. <laughs> 
So the high school requirement is also stomach turning, Jensen. Here is NPR's Danielle Pryor explaining it. The older kids would have to be taught, you know, in instances like the Tulsa massacre, that that violence was perpetrated both, quote, against and by African-Americans. And of course, we know that's not the case. During the Tulsa massacre, it was black residents who were killed in large numbers and their property destroyed. Insult. I'd, I'd like you to meet my friend Injury. Injury. But one Insult. time a black person looked at me wrong and therefore the violence is on both sides, right. Tino. <laughs> Is this some bizarre attempt to associate what they represent as BLM terrorism on some like historical massacres? I mean, yeah, it, but it's that both sides thing. It's like yeah. we, we can show an isolated instance here and there of a black person committing a crime against a white person, right? Right. Oh, and, I, and, and I'm sure they exist, right? I don't, I don't have a reference off the top of my head, but I bet they do, right? I bet they've researched a few instances that they can pull up and throw out. It's like, well, sure, you have the Tulsa massacre, but what about this person who did this? It's just their attempt to minimize the horrible atrocities that were committed by white people on people of color. By cherry picking. By cherry picking a few things that they think they can use to balance the scales. Well, these hacks that voted to approve the requirements are far right DeSantis cronies. It's part of an effort to infiltrate schools and indoctrinate kids, right? The right realize they're- And push money out of the public schools into the charter school system or the school choice or whatever you want to call it. Maybe that's a short-term goal. I I think think what's happening- It's making people flee the public- education system in order to defund it, essentially. I honestly don't think that's their main goal. I think some years ago, right-wing think tanks figured out that in order to keep the Republican Party alive, since its ideas are so wildly unpopular, they have to wage and win an information war that starts in the classroom and and hopefully ends up impacting popular entertainment media. Because those are two places where they're losing really badly. Yes, they would love to defund public schools, but But that's how you get an uneducated populace that they can continue to generate new voters from is by not educating them properly by sending them to these charter schools and private schools and helping fund religious schools that they agree with in order to not provide them with an education that would allow them to see things and think critically. Yeah, I mean, they're taking a page from organized religion, right? They're trying to brainwash kids while they're young and most susceptible. Uh, And Florida is a bit of a trendsetter when it comes to child indoctrination. So I expect other states to follow suit. For sure. Also worth noting is that the new supersized don't say gay rules go to affect this school year, so expect a lot more book bans in Florida, and very likely more lawsuits for the corrupt far-right Federal Society-owned and operated Supreme Court down the road. Lovely. Let me uh, lay this idea on you. What if some parents sue a teacher that covers a topic that has to do with a heterosexual relationship? Because that's every bit teaching about sexual orientation as mentioning Susie's two dads, right? It should be, but they won't see it that way. Why? It is. We need to force their hand to say, no, this is about about us hating gay people because that's what it is. It's not about sexual orientation because heterosexual is a sexual orientation. But you know, they. so the way the law is written, I I know the way the law is written would allow it, but I I also know the way judges operate won't allow it. I think it would go (laughs) up to the Supreme Court. And then, yes, what you say would happen. (laughs) So Ron DeSantis also defended the new rules as fact-based and absolutely not political. Which fact? Where is the fact? Um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show some of the folks that eventually parlayed uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later later in life. Um, but the reality is, all of that is rooted in whatever is factual. They listed everything out, 
And if you have any questions about it, just ask the Department of Education. You can talk about those folks. But I mean, these were scholars who put that together. It was not anything that was um, that was done politically. So, Justin, what do you say to those on the right who claim there's nothing political about these rules and that the rules are completely based in fact? I don't have the names of the two. I think it's two people who were in charge of this particular uh, initiative in front of me. But I did see that they aren't historians and it's not based in fact. Actual historians are pointing out the utter ridiculousness of the entire enterprise they've engaged. All right, Justin. (laughs) Let's take a quick break. There's a lot more show to get to, but let's take a quick break before we get to Jason Aldean. Sounds good. The Facts and Friends podcast is brought to you by people like you. More and more, corporate America is taking over the podcast scene. Your support helps stave off a complete takeover. Please take a moment to share the podcast with your friends and followers via social media or word of mouth. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for helping out. It really does mean a lot. You're a big country music fan, right, Judson? I I mean, I used to be, I guess. Okay. But not, not, any, not these days, no. All right. Well, I detest it. I mean, I only recently learned there was an O in the term country music. Oh, wow. Too much? Do I have to put a dollar in the jar? Just put a dollar in the jar, let everyone else like catch up to the joke, and then move on. Okay. Uh, We listened to it growing up. I mean, I grew up in Florida, so it was kind of the law. Sure. I mean, well, it it, it wasn't then, but it is now. Right. But apart from like a couple of Roger Miller songs, which are really old, I I don't have any stomach for country music. Sure. All right. Well, do you remember the mass shooting in Las Vegas back in 2017, Judson? I do. Yeah, I figured you might, because it was only the deadliest fucking mass shooting in U.S. history. Yeah. 60 people were killed and over 850 were injured. Yeah, by a guy barricaded in a high rise, right? Yep. So the guy we're talking about is really a guy who's best known for being the one performing when that shooting happened, Jason Aldean. Yeah. Well, just last week, Aldean added a new terrible association feather to his cap, Judson. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to blame him for wanting to be known for something other than the guy singing some shitty country song while nearly a thousand people were being hurt or killed thanks to lax gun laws you support. Not you, Judson, Jason Aldean. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to be upset. <laughs> okay. You've said a lot of lies about me on this show, but that was that was hurtful. And I'll say a lot more. We have a whole <laughs> season four ahead of us. Uh, Aldean released a music video for his song, Try That in a Small Town, yeah. which he originally released earlier this year. Now, we here at Facts and Friends, we toyed with the idea of doing a song parody, but honestly, the source material is so fucking uninteresting. Yeah. There's no hook. It's bland as shit. Honestly, it feels like it was created by music composition AI. Maybe maybe it was. <laughs> Basically, it was, right? I mean, not AI, but like it was scripted to be that bland, generic country. <sighs> yeah, bullshit. Well, Justin, I know who didn't write it. <laughs> That's That would be one Jason, Jason Aldean. Aldean. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the guy. In fact, he hasn't written any of his 27 uh, hits. <laughs> that's talent, baby. That's talent. Uh-huh. And before you tell me Elvis didn't write his songs either, Aldean doesn't have Elvis's voice or that like once in a generation star quality. And most successful recording artists that don't write their own music have other notable talents. Jason Aldean quite noticeably does not. I'll take your word for it. I don't know a lot about him besides the, like I said, the Vegas thing and this new song. Like I said, the the feathers in his horrible association cap are just wonderful. Yeah. The briefest bit of background on Aldine, he's a proud hater of Joe Biden and Democrats. He even posted photos of his kids on Insta wearing anti-Biden clothing. Dad of the year right there, guys. Now, he and his wife sell right-wing merchandise online. He's on record being just a garden variety mega asshole. Suffice it to say, we're not playing a clip of the song. 
<laughs> but I'd like to talk about the song's lyrics and then the music video, which takes things to a whole new level of repulsion. Sounds good. Or not good, but... So the first half of the song's lyrics is a laundry list of crimes, uh, which we're to believe are commonplace in urban areas. Though the uh, songwriting AI never comes <laughs> out and says it, it's, it's very clear that it wants to double down on the off-spun right-wing narrative that blue cities are burning, largely because of BLM and red towns are where real Americans live, right? Right. Poor Portland. There's this little gem. I'm quoting the song now. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah. You think you're tough? Well, try that in a small town. Now, many have pointed out that those lyrics would fit in really well with footage from the January 6th traitorous insurrection. And so many small town Americans did exactly what he's describing there. It's cuss out a cop. Sure. Spin the cop's face. Or whenever the local football star got arrested for drunk driving uh, in my small town. Right. Yeah. I'm sure he was super polite to the police officer pulling him over. I'd really like to see some dramatized footage of Matthew Shefford being beaten to death on a fence in Wyoming for being gay. That whole fucking state is a small town. Well, don't try being gay in a small town, Tino. That's what that's in the song. Oh, isn't it? Oh, my bad. It should be. Uh, if we were doing the parody, it would be. <laughs> the rest of the song, including its title, is one tediously repeated threat. We're to understand that liberals would be dealt with severely were they to offend one of the quote-unquote small town people, otherwise known as MAGA assholes. There's this line in the middle of the song, which pissed me off. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're gonna round up. Well, that shit might fly in the city. Good luck. <laughs> So liberals are coming for your guns. How original. Never once have liberals come for your guns. It's never nope. happened. It's never gonna happen because guess what? Liberals like guns too. It's stupid, but... They've been screaming about that for as long as I've been alive and like conscious of politics, right? Yeah. Now I get that I'm not the right critic for this line because I am one of the few liberals that would love to see guns altogether eradicated, but I'm in a distinct minority, I think. Yep. Many on the right, including Aldine, say the song is being unfairly attacked. The song, Aldine says, quote, refers to the feeling of community that I had growing up where we took care of our neighbors, regardless of differences, background, or belief. Motherfucker, are you out of your damn mind? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the assist, Wesley. Yes. The song goes to great pains to emphasize how there's zero tolerance for differences of background or belief. I mean, the song literally says, see how far you make it down the road like four or five times. It's part of what I'd loosely call the chorus. <laughs> I can't decide if you're more upset about how bad the song is or how terrible the the message is me neither okay <laughs> now remember this song I, i've written songs myself i don't know if i don't remember if i've shared any with you i i I've, you have with me i don't know about the, the the wider audience i've heard at least one of yours maybe we'll put that up on patreon www.patreon slash facts and friends to hear some tino original songs hmm Okay. Well, alternatively, you can pay us money to not put not them on Patreon. I just we should put that as as a separate tier, maybe, maybe? A, high, a higher tier. <laughs> it's the right. highest tier for, for every person who subs at this level. We will take one song offline and eradicate, and it. they get a feed of the podcast without us ever bishing to them about subbing uh, on Patreon. <laughs> All right, so remember, this song came out months ago, and the outrage didn't really hit until last week when he released the video. So right. let's, let's go over the video. Why not? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. Although okay, I, so I, stop I, your bitching. I had to see this, but I had to watch I this video. To point and out. further, go ahead, go ahead. Did we not talk about, uh, Aldine says, that, talking about how he... Um, this song was about the, the, the sense of community he got when he was growing up in a small town. 
Yeah, I read that but, quote literally. But he's not from a small town. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> he's not. He's not from a small town. I don't remember the name of the place he's from, but it's like a hundred thousand people. It's not a small town. It's like a. That's it's like so a, funny. So the video basically looks at the implied racism in the song's lyrics, smirks, and says. Hold my beer. <laughs> Between shots of Aldine lip syncing are clips meant to call back the more violent racial injustice protests. Now, a lot of the footage he uses is from Fox News because, of course, it is. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but some viewers noticed that there was also a good amount of stock footage of violence taking place in other countries. <laughs> what, what's <sighs> worse is that much of the Aldine lip syncing portions of the video with the band were filmed at the Maury County Courthouse building in Columbia, Tennessee. Why is that important, Judson? <sighs> Maybe because not only was that the site of a 1927 lynching of Henry Choate, a black man, who they also dragged through the city behind a car, but it was also where the race riots of 1946 took place. Yep. That had to be intentional, right? <sighs> it's gotta, I mean, somebody involved in producing that video new yes because you don't just okay. randomly pick the Mari county courthouse in columbia right. tennessee for your shot let's not be cute about this aldi knows exactly what he's doing here right there is a shit ton of money to be made by stoking the flames of misguided hatred of the left among magats right and yeah. I, I get that the outrage we're expressing is helping him make money <laughs> i mean i don't know that we're directly doing that but sure I've seen her Patreon numbers. We're not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but, but I would after say, that offer we just made a few minutes ago, <laughs> Patreon might be taken it's off, blown baby. up right now. Well, as of today, Sunday, July 23rd, late, uh, <laughs> the song is ranked number one on the iTunes chart. Wait, I thought iTunes wasn't a thing anymore. Am I just old? I mean, it's Apple Music. Both can be true, right? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... It's also the number one YouTube music video. Justin, I think, <sighs> fuck it, we have to do Why it. Why are we not the number one YouTube music I, video? That's Listen, <laughs> I think we need to sell out, create alter egos, and cash in on the right's unending desire to throw money at anyone that sticks it to the lib. So let's do it right now. I'm going to open ChatGPT, and I'm going to type this prompt. Write a country song about right-wing <laughs> values and showing lawless left that we won't put up with it. Use a lot of Fox News talking points about blue cities versus red towns. All right. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Justin, you want to take the verses? Oh, you can sing them or read them. I don't care. I'll, I'll take the chorus. I, I, I don't think I want to do any of this. What is happening right now? <laughs> I just assumed ChatGPT was going to spit out the exact same song that I'll <laughs> that, that would have been a really funny joke. But no. Oh. Go ahead. Verse one. In the heart of red towns where the fields stretch wide, we hold our values close with unwavering pride. We're the backbone of this nation, strong and true, standing tall for freedom in the red, white, and blue. We won't back down from what we believe with right wing values. We'll never deceive. What the fuck? <laughs> the lawless left, we won't tolerate. We'll stand together. It's never too late. I see it's been a long time since you listened to country music. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like, uh, we won't back down from what we believe. <laughs> what the fuck? That was like a Broadway, like 20s Broadway flapper show or something. Uh, All right. Verse two. <laughs> 
In blue cities, chaos may run wild, but in our red towns, we've got our own style. Hard work, family, and faith we hold dear. United we stand with no room for fear. And then it's the chorus is the same. We won't back down from what we believe with right-wing values we'll never deceive. The lawless left we won't tolerate. We'll stand together. It's never too late. Oh, there's a bridge. You take the, take the bridge. You, you take the bridge, Tino. They may mock us, try to silence our voice, but we'll rise above. We've made our choice. Fox, Fox News may reveal the truth they hide, but it's in our hearts. We'll always confide. We cherish our freedom. It's worth the fight. Against radical agendas, we'll shine the light. No matter the storm, we'll remain steadfast. In red towns, our unity will last. It does a lot of Yoda stuff, right? It Just does. to make the rhyme. Yep. In red towns, our unity will last. <laughs> Against radical agendas, we'll shine the light. Well, then the chorus is the same. There's an outro. So here's to the red towns from sea to shining sea with right-wing values forever will be free and this great nation will stand hand in hand united will rise as one will withstand shit man i think ours is better what should we call it stands together that's in the uh that's in the chorus a lot we'll stand together it's never too late should we call it stand together oh, that's good the ai didn't uh, give us right. a title come on chat no. gpt so so let's figure out the band name and we'll get this bad boy recorded the lyrics will be ai generated <laughs> the music will be ai generated the band picks and logo will be ai generated let's do it i'll sing it of course because we want it to be legit you know <laughs> <laughs> we could fund this show on the money we'd make for stand together i mean sure but justin where do we set the video uh should we set it at the uh tallahatchie county courthouse where emmett kills oh, murderers no, were no, acquitted no 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right let me just ask jason aldean we'll be right back Hey, FNFers, Tino here. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about a new way to support the Facts and Friends podcast. You can become a supporting listener by subscribing to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash factsandfriends, all spelled out. Between our hosting service, recording equipment, and editing and production software licenses, it costs us a decent amount to make this show for you. So we were hoping you might help us at least break even. So what's in it for you? Well, first of all, you'll help keep the show on the air. But wait, there's more. All supporters will get access to the Facts and Friends Discord server, where you can interact with the Facts and Friends community, including me and Judson. And a few lucky supporters may get to read some classified military documents. Judson and I are deeply grateful for any support you can give. And we will prove it by personally recognizing each and every Patreon supporter on the air. We're also re-releasing a ton of episodes from Judson and I's old show, The UnPR Podcast. And those are exclusively available to our Patreon supporters. Here's a little taste of what that's like. A woman was horrified when she found a disgusting quote-unquote mystery object inside a carton of tomato juice. What's in the carton, Jamie? What's, <laughs> What's in the carton? carton? What's in the fucking carton? <laughs> well, she called it a vile thing. That looks mm. like a fetus. Is this at the Planned Parenthood smoothie bar? I'm just <laughs> saying. She said that she drank a quarter of the tomato. You ever tell a joke and then feel guilty about it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tino, all the time, right? <laughs> at least 20 times a show. Doesn't surprise me. Sorry, so she, she was She drank a, fetus. a quarter of it. Before she realized, and I gotta say, I feel like I would only need to drink a couple glasses before I was like, this tastes like fetus. <laughs> That's such a distinct it's true, taste. Though. It's, it's very mean, gaming. As, it's very as gaming. feminist 
feminists and atheists. I think we all know what a fetus is. Lord, am I right? There you go. There you go. So, rightly so, she was horrified and tried to return the fetus tomato juice. I mean, I will say it's an acquired taste. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, 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 right. You say tomato. I say tomato. Let's call the whole pregnancy off. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I hate my brain sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So please do help keep the show on the air by supporting us over at patreon.com slash facts and friends. And if you already have, thank you so very much. We have two darlings of the right to cover in our 2024 election update, Judson, Trump and RFK Jr. So if you're confused as to why I'd call RFK Jr. a darling of the right, stay tuned. Also, remember, Tulsi Gabbard used to call herself a Democrat. She did. So did Kirsten Cinema. So let's start off with the oranger one. Which, wait, which one is the oranger one? It's Trump. Okay. It's definitely okay. Trump. Just checking. There's more than just the indictment for an attempted coup to talk about. I guess we need to do a little rounding up. I can't get that country out of me. I I was going to say, it was pretty clear there. (laughs) You talk about my accent. Jesus. I was doing a voice, though. You you can't control (laughs) yours. (laughs) I can control it. I just don't. For the latest in stable genius news, it's the Trump Roundup. Let's start with the small stuff. Now, in most timelines, this stuff would not be small. (laughs) But if you can hear my voice, you're living in the worst timeline imaginable. So I mean, it's not the worst one imaginable, but it's pretty bad. (laughs) It's pretty bad. Judson, it is. We just haven't gotten to the worst shit yet. (laughs) All right. Imagine this timeline, but there aren't any puppies. Oh, God. See, it's worse. Isn't that worse? That's worse. There you go. I wouldn't have had to clean up the shit from... uh, (laughs) Clutch your pearls the other day. Again, Tina, we don't need a silver lining here. It's not like slavery. (laughs) Kevin McCarthy seems to be trying to placate Trump by offering to expunge his impeachment record. The thing is... That's not really a thing the House can do. I mean, they could pass some sort of resolution that says it's expunged, I guess, but it sure. like, doesn't matter. It would be purely symbolic. Yeah. Of course, think about it, though. That won't stop Trump, Fox, and his supporters from insisting he's been totally cleared if they pass that stupid resolution that means absolutely nothing. I mean, he's been saying for like four years it was a perfect phone call that he committed election fraud in. So, yeah, he's going to say stuff. Last week, the Georgia Supreme Court issued a rare unanimous get the fuck out in response to Trump's ridiculous attempt to quash the special grand jury recommending criminal charges against him for attempting to interfere in the 2020 election. But they didn't stop there, Judson, because it's also always personal with Trump. (laughs) Trump also tried to remove the Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, from overseeing the investigation. (laughs) Well, they also gave him nine resolute middle fingers in response to that request. Yeah, you don't get to pick the prosecutor, turns out. It's not how this works. Judson, let's take a break from Donald Trump's criminal legal problems for a moment. Okay. And talk about one of his many civil legal problems. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe not so much of a break. Yeah, not really. Do you... Do you remember the E. Jean Carroll rape and defamation lawsuit, Judson? Sorry, I, I mean the first E. Jean Carroll <laughs> rape and defamation lawsuit. Because I, after the disastrous scene at Trump Town Hall, the judge let her pile on a little bit more. Yes, yes to both, honestly. <laughs> okay. So Trump and his genius legal team tried to get the verdict thrown out. And like most efforts of Trump's legal teams that don't present their arguments to currently judges owned by Trump, the request exploded in Trump's face rather spectacularly. <laughs> Not only 
only did the judge, and I'm going to let you read it's this. It's my favorite part. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> Not only did the judge reject the request, but he went on record clarifying a little something. Judson, please do the honors. Oh, absolutely. As is shown in the following notes, the definition of rape in the New York penal law is far narrower than the meaning of rape in common modern parlance. Its definition in some dictionaries, in some federal and state criminal statutes, and elsewhere. The finding that Ms. Carroll failed to prove that she was, quote, raped within the meaning of the New York penal law does not mean that she failed to prove that Mr. Trump raped her as many people commonly understand the word rape. Indeed, as the evidence at trial recounted below makes clear, the jury found that Mr. Trump, in fact, did exactly that. (laughs) So, in addition to flatly rejecting Team Trump's request, the judge took the extra special step of letting us know that the jury actually found that Trump did rape Carol, based on the common definition of the word. Oops. The best and brightest, Judson. Only the (laughs) best. Yeah, it was only the best. He may have had the best and brightest in 2016. I don't think so. No, he didn't. But he... He's definitely gone through several levels of barrels of lawyers by now. Michael Cohen was his lawyer in 2016, (laughs) and we did a whole show on Michael Cohen in the old show. Speaking of crony judges owned by Trump, there was a little news in the classified documents case, Judson. Oh, Trump's legal team sought to delay the trial until after the 2024 election, and we were all waiting nervously to see if the suspected Trump loyalist, Eileen Cannon, who is presiding over the case, would grant the request. Right. Instead, she set the court date for late May 2024. Presumably, the Republican primary will be all but decided by then, but who knows? I mean, it's going to be Trump, so yeah. Now, what do we think about this? My thoughts are, I would have preferred earlier, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be in late May either. It's going to get pushed. That's what I think. So the legal expert consensus seems to coalesce around her decision being more or less fair to fair-ish. But those of us extremely cynical about Eileen Cannon's impartiality and motives suspect this date will be moved more than once, as you just mentioned, and I think at least likely will ultimately be delayed until after November. There were some people who were hypothesizing that if she pushed the date too far, it could be seen as overly partial to the defendant, and there could have been a risk of her maybe being removed from the case by the higher-up district there. Uh, I don't know if that's actually a thing that would have happened. The cynical side of me says she was aiming for a date that was far enough out. As far out as she could put it without raising suspicion, right? Yeah, and that with a few delays, we'll be able to push it, like, like you said, just past the election, where it doesn't potentially doesn't matter. All right. Stay tuned. Season four. We'll know then. Finally, in Trump news, Judson, special counsel Jack Smith sent Trump another target letter last week, <laughs> to which I gleefully respond. Yeah, you know we gonna win when they target, target, yeah, they target and target, target. <laughs> if you had... <laughs> Folks, if you had deep cut callback on your Facts and Friends bingo card for this episode, please go ahead and check that box off. That's the free space, man. Come on. (laughs) Target letters, Jetson, aren't usually sent to subjects of these kinds of investigations. So the subjects don't often tweet or the equivalent of them as well (laughs) when they first get them. (laughs) What's Trump's nickname for Jack Smith? Is it deranged? Deranged Deranged Jack Smith. Yeah. I learned just last week that Trump has a whole set of inviolable rules around his drug names. It's like Highlander, I guess. There can only be one. Okay. So I took the name Crooked away from Hillary and we gave her a new name. Beautiful. I call it beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And, and, but I took it away because I wanted, I don't believe in the same name for two people. I don't like that. And I've never done this before. You know, I have it and you have to live with that name for the rest of your life. I'll go over the different names, but I won't. 
because many of them are now friends of mine, okay? I'm sorry, you literally named your oldest son the same name as you, and you don't believe in two <laughs> names for, the, for, for, for two people with the same name. You don't believe in two people with the same name, and your coked-up son is literally named after you. Okay. Makes as much sense as anything else he's ever said. In his defense, I'm sure he regrets it. <laughs> well, I heard he regretted it at the time, right? Isn't that the story that was going around in the, in the, in the, in the news? I, I haven't heard this story. Oh, no. He's like, he was worried about naming Don Jr. Don Jr. What if he's an idiot? Something to that effect. I don't know if that's the direct quote, but I'm paraphrasing, but there. And and you know what? Fair point. But if, but if he'd waited for Eric, it would have been worse. <laughs> exactly. All right. So Jack Smith sent the target letter. This time it was in relation to the investigation into Trump's role in the January 6th insurrection. And as the old saying goes, where there's a target letter, there's a looming indictment. Yay! So excited! As usual, Trump posted cries of political persecution on bullshit social. I'm not going to make you read them, Jensen. We've heard the song before. Yeah, I actually think he and Aldine might have the same AI songwriters. <laughs> All right, so the federal statutes mentioned in the target letter are deprivation of rights under color of law, conspiracy to defraud the U.S., and tampering with a witness. Yeah. I think the last two are pretty self-explanatory, right? Yeah. But the deprivation of rights is an interesting one. Per an ABC News report, Randall Eliason, a George Washington University law professor and former assistant U.S. attorney, said, quote, I'm guessing the way they would frame this would be that Trump conspired with others to deprive voters, maybe those seven states where they were contesting the election, deprive those voters of their right to vote. Plenty of people were, like, surprised by this charge, this, not charge, I guess, but th this particular statute being referenced. But a lot of lawyers that I follow were like, yeah, this is basically pretty much what we expected. It's, it's been utilized this way in the past. So th this was one code that they had identified as a potential way to get at him for preventing people from voting. Okay, Justin, let's move on from Trump. Music to everyone's ears. <laughs> Do you like RFK? I, yes. Do you like sequels? Less so. <laughs> usually less so. The original is usually better. Right. That's typically the rule, right? Uh -huh. With a few exceptions, we know how sequels compare to the originals yeah. unfavorably. And RFK Jr., is not one of the exceptions. <laughs> now, I'm not saying his campaign started as a right-wing attempt to weaken Joe Biden. Though I'm not saying it didn't either. <laughs> but it's pretty clear that it has become that. Yes. Let's talk some RFK Jr. Now, to be totally fair, there is a lot to laud on RFK Jr.'s long record of public service and advocacy. I jokingly compared him to Tulsi Gabbard at the top of this segment, but I don't think that's entirely fair. RFK Jr., of course, is the son of Robert F. Kennedy and the nephew of JFK, both assassinated. So he comes from... Democratic Party royalty, essentially. Sure. He's an environmental lawyer with a well-documented record of advocating for many of the environmental causes you and I champion, Judson, like renewable energy, climate justice. Oddly, he was against Cape Wind, the wind energy project off of Cape Cod. I think we know why. Yeah, I think we do know why. <laughs> I went way back to the 70s and watched an interview RFK Jr. gave to some show called Good Day about his first book, which was on Judge Frank M. Johnson. I'm not going to lie. He was a Adorable. I was like crushing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so RFK Jr. has a history of standing up for the poor. He's a huge proponent of the civil rights movement and expanded voting rights. I mean, these are positions that most Republicans eagerly mislabel as radical, leftist, socialist, communist, etc. So why do they give the past to RFK Jr.? I think I know. Yeah, me too. It's because the right-wing propaganda media from which most Republicans get their news hasn't told them anything about him other than he has anti-vax positions and he opposes Joe Biden. And that's all they care about. Yep. Let's go over a few of the various conspiracy theories RFK has trafficked in, according to numerous sources. This is a long list, just for the record. This is not an exhaustive list either. <laughs> the 2004 presidential election was stolen. 5G and Wi-Fi can control our minds. 
AIDS is not caused by HIV, but poppers. Chemicals are making the frogs and humans gay or trans. Where have I heard that before? (laughs) The CIA was involved in the assassination of JFK. I've also heard that before. Mass shootings are linked to prescription drugs. Of course. The COVID-19 virus was genetically engineered. More on that in a moment. Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates sought to exaggerate the COVID-19 pandemic to increase vaccine sales. Vaccines cause autism. That's quite a list. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, RFK Jr. recently went on Joe Rogan's show. Uh, never a sign that you're one of the good guys, Bobby. <laughs> remember, Jetson, remember this gem from our old show when we took on Rogan? The evil thing about being influenced by movies and books and songs and that they, they provide us with entertainment and inspiration, but they also really distort the shit out of realistic scenarios. Real life. But I think you're supposed to be able to distinguish between oh, that. Oh. You know, art is one thing and reality is another. Art, I think, is based on reality. And then but you it gotta influences kind of... reality so much. Yeah, Movies, yeah. Especially with women. How many women oh have these, dist- but especially young women, that have these distorted perceptions of Channing Tatum movies? <laughs> Channing what? Tatum, what? Is, that's what? how men behave, and this right. is reality. It's going to happen what? to me. I just got to find my prince. Yeah, what? it's just not Just a bunch the of way. dudes who want to come in you. You're so- <laughs> it's all oh really is out there. Oh my God. <laughs> It actually gets worse from there. That's Jamie from the old show. Miss Jamie. (laughs) Uh, It's class act you got there, Spotify. Anyway, another Patreon plug. Sign up to support us at patreon.com slash facts and friends. And you can hear that entire show. It's on MGTOW. And yeah, there's so like a 20 minutes of us shitting on Joe Rogan. This is your pitch, though? Okay, I'm beginning to understand why we're not meeting the <laughs> Patreon targets. Like, you get to hear the rest of that show about those guys talking about that. Uh, awesome. Great. Thanks. Uh, we give it back. Okay. <laughs> so, a few weeks ago, RFK Jr. joined Joe Rogan to tell us about the dangers of Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi radiation is uh does all kinds of bad things including causing cancer wi-fi radiation causes yeah cancer. from your cell phone i mean there's cell phone tuner tumors you know that i mean i'm representing hundreds of people who have cell phone tumors behind the ear it's always on the ear that you favor with your cell phone oh um and you know we have the science so if anybody lets us in front of a jury they it will be over you know, we, so what is the, what is the number? Because a lot of people use there's a lot phones. of people with it. They're glioblastomas. That's the kind of cancers that they get. But cancer's not the worst thing. They also, you know, it opens up Wi-Fi radiation opens up your blood-brain barrier. Okay, a couple of things. <sighs> Who the fuck holds their cell phone to their ear anymore? Yeah, for real. I can't remember the last time I did that. Uh, secondly. I want to make clear, we are not going to make fun of RK's voice, and we don't think you should either. He has a chronic neurological disorder called spasmodic dysphonia, and it's not cool to make fun of someone's disability or the Bluetooth devices that caused it. <laughs> I, I just want to say, like, he's a glioblastoma. It often occurs in children between five and nine years old. There are a lot of five to nine-year-olds with, like, sev- severe levels of cell phone usage. Is that a thing? No, like five-year-olds will hold up like a piece of bread to there and pretend <laughs> it's a phone. Maybe it's bread. Okay. Um, Don't give him ideas. <laughs> so just last week, RFK drew biting and well-deserved criticism for his anti-Semitic COVID-19 remarks. Ah, uh, yes. Also, he lied to Congress. Uh, let's. That's have. usually not a good thing. Let's have a listen. A few months ago, Mr. Kennedy, you compared COVID public health policies to barbaric murderous tactics of Nazi Germany, saying that Jewish people in Nazi Germany had more freedom than Americans facing COVID health restrictions. In hindsight, Mr. Kennedy, do you reject this absurd and deeply hurtful and harmful comparison, or do you still stand by it? Congressman, what you are saying is a lie. They're going to have the right to compel unwanted medical interventions on us. 
We, you know, the Nazis did that in the camps in World War II. They tested vaccines on gypsies and Jews. Last week, you floated a baseless conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was bioengineered to target Caucasians and black people, but to spare Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese people. Mr. Kennedy, your bizarre, unproven claim echoes that same historic slander of labeling Jews and Chinese people as a race, and that Jews, and in this case Chinese people, somehow managed to avoid a deadly illness that targets other groups for death. You do see that, yes or no? You're misstating. No. COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and, uh, and, uh, and uh, black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and, uh, and Chinese. Oops. Yeah. And let's not forget, he was at that congressional hearing as a guest of the Republicans. Of course he was. So what do we make of his candidacy? I've made my suspicions pretty clear, I think. Um, it feels a lot like a tactic, largely funded and publicized by the right in order to hurt Joe Biden's chances of re-election. Just look at where he's being platformed. Who's praising him? Oh, and where he's getting most of his money. Yeah. Kennedy is often praised on Fox Newsmax and other far-right propaganda outlets masquerading as news. Steve Bannon encouraged him to run, believing he could be, quote, both a useful chaos agent in the 2024 race and a big name who could help stoke anti-vax sentiments around the country. On June 7th of this year, Bannon said, quote, the only two people in a presidential race who are saying anything important and doing anything important is Donald J. Trump and Robert Kennedy Jr., <laughs> Also, Republican mega donors David Sachs and Omid Malik are helping him raise money. A pro-Kennedy super PAC was organized by, get this, a Republican firm that has recently done work for Marjorie Taylor Greene, George Santos, and would-be werewolf Herschel Walker. Shocking gasp. Per Rolling Stone, of the 96 individuals who donated the maximum of $6,600 to RFK's campaign last quarter, 37 had only previously donated to Republicans running for federal office. <laughs> only 19 had consistently donated to Democratic candidates. So I think those are pretty compelling data points for an argument that he's only in the race because Republicans want him there. Yeah. Without their money and free airtime, he'd be Marianne Williamson. Uh, who I haven't heard anything about lately. You're right. <laughs> Me neither. Final thoughts. Does RFK Jr. run as a third party candidate? I mean, we know he's not getting the Democratic nomination. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Also, do we care? Wouldn't he be far more likely to peel away former Democrats that QAnon turned Republican during COVID? Here's an interesting idea. Could you convince the QAnons that he's actually JFK Jr., not RFK Jr.? Would that work? Come on. You could convince <laughs> the QAnons he was a Loch Ness fucking monster. <laughs> I wonder how much of that the JFK Jr. shit is fueling the RFK Jr. popularity among the right. Maybe. Huh. Well, I'm way more worried about Cornell West or a potential Joe Manchin run. Yeah. Uh, we can talk more about that in season four. If we're allowed to. Well, let's close this segment out by hearing from President John F. Kennedy's grandson, Jack Schlossberg. These are the issues that matter. And if my cousin... Bobby Kennedy Jr. cared about any of them, he would support Joe Biden too. Instead, he's trading in on Camelot, celebrity, conspiracy theories, and conflict for personal gain and fame. I've listened to him. I know him. I have no idea why anyone thinks he should be president. What I do know is his candidacy is an embarrassment. Amen. We'll be right back. Hey, FNFers, Judson here. Tino and I are always looking to interact more with our fantastic audience. 
If you have questions, ideas, complaints, or just need a friend, you can reach out to us at factsandfriends@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's facts, the letter N, friends at gmail. And if you want to make a more intimate connection, I'm on Twitter at the fault in my arse. Again, the fault, the letter N, my arse. And you can find Tino at Uncle Tortilla. We can't wait to hear from you. Thank you all so much for listening to the show this week. The Facts and Friends podcast is independently created from start to finish by me and Judson with occasional but valuable contributions from some of our very smart, very talented friends, one of whom's wife took three shits on the floor when she watched our YouTube video. Before, Thank you for letting us talk about that. Before we get to our closed topic, I just wanted to ask that you please help me and Judson out by supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash facts and friends. I feel like I'm repeating myself, Judson. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> If you can't spare a few dollars, we humbly ask that you help us by telling your like-minded friends in real life and or social media to listen and subscribe. Another totally free way you can help keep Facts and Friends on the air is by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I hear iTunes is still a thing. That's what I'm told. A very special thanks to Leary of You and Michael Midori for your recent five-star reviews. And thanks to all of you who've helped and continue to help. I sincerely hope, I mean this, I really hope you know how much it means to us. Thank you so much. Finally, this is the penultimate episode of season three, after which we will be going on a short hiatus. We're going to go over our plans for that hiatus in the finale, but this is your last chance to send in questions for our hiatus mailbag show. Remember, if we read your question on the air and you're brave enough to give us your address, we will send you your very own Faxed Friends car magnet. I'm told they can be placed on your car or the car of a neighbor you don't particularly like. (laughs) For this week's closed topic, Judson, I have chosen to play critic and submit a review of some recent content. Greta Gerwig's hit new movie, Barbie, came out this past weekend. I haven't seen it, so I won't be reviewing that. (laughs) What I have seen is Ben Shapiro's smarmy, sexist, poorly reasoned review of Barbie. I mean, it's basically as good as the movie, I feel like. (laughs) Well, it it was as long as the fucking movie, let me tell you that. I think it was like four 43 minutes long. It was, yeah. And I watched every second on normal speed, mind you. Well, I mean, you couldn't possibly hear him if, if you accelerated the, the audio at all. <laughs> he would hit frequencies that are too high for the human ear. You can't watch the video on your phone either because he's so tiny. You just <laughs> lose them. Anyway, worth noting before I get into my review of his review, for some inexplicable reason, Shapiro went to the Barbie screening dressed as Ken from a scene (laughs) in the movie. It's so good. It's so it's so meta. All right, let's dig into this. Shapiro starts out with his extremely creative TLDR assessment of the film. My producers dragged me to go see Barbie movie, Barbie the movie. And um, and um, I have I have thoughts. Let me begin with my generalized assessment of the movie. This movie is not just a piece of shit. This movie is a flaming piece of dog shit piled atop an entire dumpster on fire, piled atop a landfill filled with dog shit. Okay. It sounds like he's seen the Clutch Your Pearls video too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So Shapiro has a lot of unhealthy contempt for the film's award-winning director and co-writer, Greta Gerwig, and the other co-writer, Noah Baumbach. The repeat business on this movie is going to be non-existent because it was written by two people who are so smug and self-satisfied, and Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Okay, this guy is calling them too smug? Everyone in the media is talking about the most important thing that has ever happened in the history of humanity, or at least since Caitlyn Jenner became a, a woman, a transgender woman. And that, of course, is the release of Black Panther. It is so deeply important 
It is, uh, we, we've heard is deeply important to millions of black Americans who, after all, were not liberated from slavery 200 years ago and liberated by the civil rights movement uh, with federal legislation have not been gradually restored to what always should have been full civil rights in the United States. I mean, none of that has mattered up till they made a Marvel movie about a superhero who is black in a country filled with black people. Wait, that guy? What are you calling them? <laughs> this guy. This guy right here. That is the real, that's the change, right? Blade was not enough. Catwoman with Halle Berry, no. Okay, Wakanda is where it is. This is the most important moment in black American history. Not Martin Luther King, not Frederick Douglass, not the Civil War, not the end of Jim Crow, none of that. Not Brown versus Board. The most important thing is that Chadwick Boseman puts claws on his hands and a mask on his face and runs around jumping off cars in CGI fashion. Deeply, deeply important. Too smug. He thinks <laughs> they're too smug. Uh, the, okay. But okay. at some point in the film, there is a joke about a Proust Barbie. Huh. Shapiro just assumes that joke was written by the male co-writer because, I don't know, a woman couldn't make a literary reference, right? Women can't read, <laughs> Tino? Gosh. Anyway, here's that criticism. We, we get here a few obscure jokes about Proust Barbie because, again, Noah Baumbach has to show that he wrote some of the script. He made a reference to Proust. Doesn't that make him clever? Ooh. Next, he will make a reference, I would assume, to Victor Hugo. Wow. Proust. Ooh. Idiots who think they're smart. It's total. Uh. Ben Shapiro. This guy. Idiots who think they're smart. Mocks. <laughs> idiots who think they're smart. Without even the slightest lick of irony. No self-awareness. Maybe he has to save all his moisture to help out his wife. I, I don't know. <laughs> ben is also particularly critical of any suggestion that the U.S. is a largely patriarchal society. Oh, yeah. He got really upset about that. At the beginning, the monologue, you have Helen Mirren saying, because Barbie can be anything, women can be anything. At least that's what the Barbies think. See, in the real world, women can't be anything. And that's one of the messages of the film. In the real world, men run pretty much everything, which is weird. Who greenlit this piece of shit? Who greenlit this piece of shit? Well, Ben, let me let you help yourself out with that one. The thesis of the film made by women, made for women, made starring women, funded by a studio that is largely staffed by men. Justin, that's from the same video. Just an excruciating 17 minutes later. I wish we had a word for when men form the power structure of a society. <laughs> It'd be so easy to talk about if we just had a one word that meant men control the power and the money and the privilege in the society. And we didn't have to say it with all those words. We just say one word that we could use. <laughs> To mean all that. Another criticism Shapiro makes throughout his review is that Barbie is a kid's movie. Ben, it's PG-13. So it's not rated, at least, as a movie made for small children. Also, from the many clips I saw in Shapiro's review, it does seem to be one of those movies that younger people and their parents can enjoy. Like, some of the double entendre jokes might fly over the heads of a younger audience. Sure. Like, say, the point of Barbie, the movie, over the head of Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I kind of like that. Just an analogy there. Uh, Shapiro. That, are you making fun of him because he's short? Yes, and I am again. <laughs> Shapiro also repeatedly complains about how bad and lazy the jokes are. And he insists one of the movie's main themes of women fighting against sexist patriarchy is complete trash. Oh, and then he does this. Where one of the low-level members of Mattel is with the board. And Barbie is looking for a woman at the board. And the low-level man says, I'm a man with no power. Does that make me a woman? ha 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 ha. No, you can't parallel park. That's what makes you a woman. 
I, I added a second. Huh? Oh my god! <laughs> I've rarely seen someone so completely miss the point. Is it on purpose, or do you think he literally doesn't understand? I honestly think it's on purpose. Yeah, I think so too. Because that's what's going to get into clicks. But um, yep. one of his more absurd and inexplicable criticisms is that Barbie's main message is that the world is a better place if only women have power. Whoa! Whoa! That was that was. That was the sound of the point the film was making, zooming over Ben Shapiro's head. So close. He must have been flying very, very low to the ground. Nearly Jason. got it. Nearly <laughs> there. So let's try to get a handle on Ben's misunderstanding of the film's definition of female empowerment. As ladies, the apotheosis of your being is not motherhood. We, we got rid of that at the very beginning. And it's not being a wife or a partner because women are supposed to be apart from men. It is your vagina. It is that you go to the gynecologist. Ladies, this is what makes you the most human you can be what? is that you go to the gynecologist. Oh, shit, there it goes again. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but I feel like that's probably not what it's about. <laughs> he also then said because of that, the movie's transphobic. I think he's transphobic because that's what he saw in the movie. Well, when all is said and done, Shapiro is hella mad about Barbie. Yeah. I find it upsetting when material that is based on children's IP marketed to little girls actually ends up being angry feminist claptrap that alienates men from women, undermines basic human values, and promotes falsehood all at the same time. Here's my summary of Ben's video. Shapiro imposes his grossly distorted view of feminism on the film, then bashes us over the head with it for over 40 minutes. He presupposes his batshit view of feminism is correct, then weaponizes it to attack the film, all the while missing many of its points, both the subtle and unsubtle ones. Shapiro's review is also comically lacking in any self-awareness. Judson, I think it is worth noting that Barbie crushed it on opening weekend, becoming the highest grossing film domestically so far this year. I heard that's the first time potentially that a, a film solo directed by a woman was the top grossing film, actually. Justin, that's because women don't get to direct a lot of films, <laughs> but that's not because of any kind of patriarchal uh, society that we live in. We have a word for that now? Damn I it. Don't know. I don't know. It's new. It's <laughs> Would new. Would have me so much time. I'm just focus grouping it, okay? <laughs> Shapiro assured us multiple times, though, that the film's going to tank in itself second week. So let's check back on this next episode. Uh, I think, though, with an audience score of 90 on Rotten Tomatoes, he's probably going to eat his words. We'll I mean, see. that's with like people review bombing it probably, too, right? So Probably. Finally, Judson, Jesse McLaren may have won Twitter the other day with this tweet. Oh, wait. Is, is this still Twitter? Or is it X now? As of 11.35 p.m., let's just do a quick check. X.com does now redirect to Twitter. Oh, okay. But Twitter doesn't redirect to X. Twitter does not go to X.com. No, no, no. But what are we going to call tweets? I don't know. He's killing the bird. I don't know. I like the whole X thing. Uh, call me crazy, but crazy. You're crazy. It's terrible. It could be a constant reminder that Elon's X left him for a trans person. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at McJesse tweeted this in response to Ben Shapiro hating the Barbie movie. Take it away, Judson. <laughs> they finally make a movie for people who are 12 inches tall with no genitals. And those people don't even like it. <laughs> Just <laughs> kiss. That is us done with this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back with the finale soon. Uh, we're trying to line up a guest or two, so it may not be next week. Insert some embarrassingly flimsy excuse no one is going to believe okay, anyway. Right. <laughs> Piss off, you wanker. <laughs> Ooh.
We know that the Chinese are developing ethnic bioweapons, bioweapons that are designed to attack people of certain racial types. And the and we're doing the same thing. 